Hey guys, welcome back to our podcast. I'm Sophie. And I'm Emma. Today, we would like to shine a light on a topic we think is really important, especially for anyone who has a grandparent, and that is elder abuse. Elder abuse is something really important to us. Did you know that around one in six people 60 years and older experienced some form of abuse in community settings during the last year? And that's according to the World Health Organization. Oh, wow. I had no idea it was such a large scale. Right. If you think about it, that's a lot of people. For example, if you were in a classroom of 18 people, three of those people would be likely to experience elder abuse. Wow. That's crazy to think about. Well, what even is classified as abuse in the first place? How exactly do we define it? Abuse seems too broad of a subject to cover in just one podcast. Right. Great question. So we are defining abuse as to put a wrong or improper use. And this is according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Okay, interesting. But we're specifically talking about elder abuse today. So what is the difference? How would we define elder abuse? Okay, so according to the CDC, elder abuse would be defined as an intentional act or failure to act that causes or creates a risk of harm to an older adult. Definitely makes sense. So now that we understand what elder abuse is, let's talk about the people affected by elder abuse. Are some groups more affected than others? I could see that happening. One thing I'm sure everyone saw coming from a mile away is the difference in gender. Did you know that for gender, women are more likely to be abused? In fact, the NCVC found that 66% of elder abuse victims were women. No way, I didn't know that. It's interesting to think that so many factors affect the prevalence of abuse. In fact, it also varies based on race. Did you know that according to the National Institute of Aging, 84.4% of people abused were white, 6.7% were black, 2.3% were American Indian or Alaskan Native, 0.9% were Asian, 0.2% were Pacific Islander, and the remainder chose not to identify. Considering ethnicity, 4.3% indicated that they were of Hispanic or Latino origin. Wow. So why do we think prevalence varies so much between race and gender? Well, personally, I think societal norms play a huge role In many cultures, specifically Hispanic and Asian, parents are not put into nursing homes. So true. It's just something you don't do. They have the mindset of, I took care of you when you couldn't take care of yourself. So now I need you to take care of me. So in the case of this statistic, the higher prevalence of abuse against white individuals might be because they make up a higher percentage of those in nursing homes. I relate to that, honestly. My parents have made it crystal clear that I'm not to put them in a nursing home. They said I'd be disowned. But that's just how I've been raised, in a reflection of my culture when I think about it. Wow, really? My parents really don't want to have me take care of them in their old age. They believe as long as I put them in a healthy environment, I'm doing right by them. My parents understand that decision, since they have been through it personally with their grandparents. All of my great-grandparents needed aid to the point of being in a nursing home, and they lived many healthy, happy years toward the end of their lives. I feel like putting that pressure on someone would lead to more abuse against their elders. What do you think? Well, honestly, I think it all depends on the person and the family you come from. Like, situations are going to vary on what each individual needs. But 
elder abuse definitely occurs in a person's home when the parents need extra help. When I first learned about elderly abuse, I really only thought about it occurring in nursing home facilities, not an individual patient's home. But I was so wrong about this. It's truly hard to imagine how a family member could abuse another member of the family. But surprisingly, family members are actually at the forefront of these cases. The NCOA found that relatives account for six, six of every 10 elder abuse cases. That is mind boggling. But I don't want us to fail to mention that nursing homes and workers do have great control over their patients. I mean, families put their loved ones in houses expecting great quality and caregiving, but no one really knows what goes on behind the scenes. And not to say that it is understandable, these actions are far from it, but workers are exhausted and they're frustrated. Taking care of the elderly is not an easy job by any means, and I think their frustration and exhaustion is shown in their actions. According to a 2020 study from the WHO, over 64% of nursing home staff members admitted to committing some form of abuse or neglect. Right. I mean, if you think about it, it's like new parents with their babies. Many parents feel isolated without help when it comes to their newborns because being a parent is such a hard job. So when these parents get overwhelmed with nowhere else to go, that's when you end up with situations like shaken baby syndrome. And I'm sure there are similar pressures when taking in an older or disabled loved one. I think that's a really fair point. But how do I know the abuse is even happening? I mean, we've been taught about what to look for in domestic abuse of friends or even abuse of children. But I mean, how do I know my grandparents in danger? That's true. Most people don't know the signs. But before we get into that, let's talk about the prevalence of the types of abuse. Right. So, elder abuse comes in many different forms. It can span from physical abuse to gross neglect and so much more. Exactly. So, at a terrifying rate, physical abuse makes up 27.4% of reported abuse. Just that one, let that one sink in for a second. This is followed by resident-on-resident abuse at 22.1%, psychological abuse at 19.4%, gross neglect at 15.4%, and a tie for sexual abuse and financial exploitation at 7.9%. Jeez, those statistics are a lot to take in. It's scary to think that there are many different types that can be affecting our loved ones. Yeah, I agree. I feel like when people do choose to place their loved one in a nursing home, they trust that they're being taken care of. But With some of these types of abuse, it can be hard to recognize some of the signs if the family is not able to visit on a regular basis. Agreed. I think the most important part of this episode, and why we decided to bring attention to it, is to give our listeners a way of recognizing elder abuse taking place. Right. Let's draw the attention back to the point we really want to focus on. Exactly. Elder abuse has many ways it can express itself. For instance, it can range from mental symptoms such as depression or lack of interest in activities they once loved, to dramatic drops in weight, unexplained injuries, and even bed sores. Physical symptoms are not the only red flags when it comes to elder abuse. Unpaid rent, unclean living conditions, broken possessions, or even unkept appearance. And these signs are so important. 
without knowing these signs, it would be very hard to properly identify elder abuse because some of these signs can be interpreted as just symptoms of old age. So true. If I did not know the signs, would I just assume withdrawing is something typical with age? And the same with losing interest with activities. Exactly. And this is why it is such an important, important point to drive across. These signs are the first step in preventing and eventually ending elder abuse. But let's say you're not consistently present in the loved one's life. It can be hard to notice some of the signs. So it is important to be watchful. Right. Like, you can ask them about activities they have done in the nursing home recently. Like, oh, those senior proms the facilities throw? I hear they go crazy. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, funny example, but you are right. Isn't It's as easy as calling them and asking them what they did that day, if they have done anything new recently. Exactly. Just little check-ins to make sure that their lives are as active and fulfilling as they should be. Exactly. It could be as simple as a quick text, a FaceTime, or even a phone call. This easy communication could be key to preventing your loved one from enduring abuse or preventing further damage. Right. And if possible, make sure you know someone or can place your trust in a person to place physical eyes on them on a consistent basis, just as another safety measure. So fair. So now I know what to look for, but what should I do if I do notice the warning signs? Well, first things first. You sit down and discuss what you have been noticing with your family or those significant in your loved one's life. Right, so like a game plan? Exactly. You will need to discuss who will go and visit them to be able to observe them on a closer level and the severity of the issue. Is that when we need to discuss if we need to remove them from their current situation? And I guess you would need to talk about where they would go until a new situation is found. Yes, that is very important to consider. Once this has all been discussed, you can go to upper management or immediately start the process of removing your loved one from their care. It'll all be based on your family's ability and preferences, both financially and otherwise. Okay, now, I know that was kind of intense, but I think we have established how to look out for the signs and how to intervene if you notice the signs of abuse. Definitely. I think our listeners have gained the ability to distinguish elder abuse and the signs associated with it. But that was a lot of information, though. How did this topic even get picked? <laughs> so it was pretty random. I was looking at the news one day and I randomly saw an article from the United Nations about the increase in elder abuse from the COVID-19 pandemic due to isolation and other factors. All right, so what did this article say about how the pandemic affected elder abuse? Well, specifically, the article talked about distressing reports from care homes in different parts of the world that showed neglect, isolation, and lack of adequate services this included healthcare, social, and even legal services. Yeah, I can see how that caught your eye and made you want to talk about elder abuse. I feel like during the pandemic, we were all so focused on our own health that we didn't even think about the people in nursing homes. So true, which is why I'm so glad we had this conversation and had the chance to tell all of you guys listening how important it is we recognize the signs of elder abuse who it occurs to, and how we can help to prevent it going forward. It has been so great talking to you about this. Yeah, you too. Bye, guys. We'll see you all next time.